Yo, what is poppin'? This is Kellen. Welcome to the Kellen Roland podcast, the Kellen Roland show, where we talk about life and coffee. So what do you do when you have a podcast and you're coming off of a very emotional episode, an episode where you poured your heart out, where you talked about something that is so important to you, it literally is the most important thing I do in my life, aside from having my family and my friends and my health. And what I'm talking about is meditation. If you haven't heard the episode, it was episode 22. I would absolutely suggest going back and checking it out. The thing about putting out what feels like your best work Well, what do you do next? You know, what am I going to do next, right? Like meditation, I'm so passionate about it. How can I be as passionate about this subject or the next subject as the thing that I'm most passionate about? It's a challenge. People call it writer's block, creative block, fear. There's so many words that come into it. If you create a masterpiece... Is the second, is the hardest painting in the world to paint? Is it your masterpiece or is it the follow-up? If you make a movie that everybody loves, it's the best movie that everyone has ever made, Are is that director scared shitless for the next movie they make? Does it only go downhill from there? Where does it go? Does it go uphill? Does it go downhill? Are you okay? Is it okay to have an incredible piece of content and then follow up with an okay piece of content when you raise the bar up you have to keep leveling up and you have to the pressure gets higher the expectations get higher but that's what I want I want high expectations I want the pressure and I feel the pressure immediately after recording the episode on meditation I was overwhelmed with emotion because of what meditation means to me and the story that I told involving my friend, my journey to finding meditation. The reaction was incredible. It's the most popular episode I've ever done within the first week. There's a community out there that's interested in the topic. So then my brain, even though I'm a four and a half year long meditator starts to think, what am I going to do next? How am I going to live up to that? How am I going to live up to it? And I've been, uh, I'm sitting here at my house coming up with ideas and where do I go next? Do I talk about another episode of meditation? Do I tell a completely other story? Do I make this more of a variety show? These are all the things that are going on in my mind. I am dedicated and passionate to communicating what's going on in my mind. I think that's why you're listening. I don't think you're listening because I've created a, you know, personal brand that I am an expert in one particular field. I'm not trying to come off as an expert in one particular field. 
What I am an expert in is just living life and being unapologetically transparent and honest. So what that looks like is having an incredible episode where everyone is so excited about it. And then I open up the next week episode telling you that doing that great job actually made me scared to record this episode. What am I going to talk about? But as much as this podcast and this show is about wellness, meditation, exercise, coffee, the Lakers, you know, what's going on in my brain and, you know, what was happening five years ago in my life and me slowly telling you the story of who I am and where I've come from. It's also the story of becoming a creator, creating something that's worth sharing, creating something that's worth consuming. You know, it's like, imagine if you walked into a recording artist and you heard the first sound they put on a beat. Who knows what that beat's going to sound like? If you walk into an artist's studio and the first brush stroke they put on the canvas, you I don't know what it's going to look like, but the point is that They've allowed, they've created an environment where they can be creative and they can have the space to record and try things and and mess up and fail. The space to fail. Because it's not about perfection. If we chase, if I chase perfection, I'm not going to get anywhere because nothing is perfect. What I can chase is honesty, transparency, and consistency. And that is what, that's my promise to you as the listener that I'm going to give you consistent content. And when I learn something, I'm going to share it with the hope that that learning can be translated into your daily life And you can learn something. It's all reciprocal. The DMs on Instagram, the likes on Twitter, the text messages from the homies. That is the fuel. That's the stuff that gets me going. That's why I'm doing this. And there's something that Steve Jobs said that is the driving focus of why I'm recording this episode and why I'm doing this podcast and what gives me the fuel to keep going. I'm going to talk more about that later, but there's something that he said that is the driving force for what this is all about. And I'm looking forward and to share it with you because if it had the same impact it had on me, and it can have an impact on you, I believe this little piece of advice from Steve Jobs could change the whole way you look at the world and how you move forward. And it's so powerful. 
And I wanted to open up the episode with that because I wanted to really communicate to the audience that coming off the the high of the meditation episode, it left me a little bit confused. Like, what am I going to talk about? So I have some stuff. Don't worry. I got some fire for you. I'm going to keep you locked in and I'm going to keep you engaged and I'm going to tell you uh, a pretty embarrassing story that uh, is probably going to make you laugh and you know it might make you look at me different when you see me, but it's all worth it because this is fun. And if we can't laugh at each other, or we can't be honest and we can't move forward, right? So before I get into the topic of this week, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the meditation from last week and just highlight a few things, just to recap, right? Meditation is a daily practice for me. I do it two times a day. I started four and a half years ago. It's changed my life. It was an unforeseen circumstance that got me into meditation. A good friend named Adam He's the reason I meditate, and I I really suggest that you go back to episode 22 to hear his story and how generous he was that he let me tell his story and how his story became my story. See that? And that's what I want with you and I. I want my story to become your story and then your story to become my story, and then we have this, this relationship. So meditation, lock it in. If you're not doing it, join the club, get on the bandwagon, download Headspace right now. If you want to look for other meditation apps, just go to the app store. There's plenty Headspace I used for over three and a half years and it did wonders for me. I moved along my meditation journey into transcendental meditation, which is a mantra-based meditation, which requires a teacher that is trained to give you a mantra. I love TM meditation. It's changed my life yet again. I've had so much interaction with meditation over the last four and a half years. And like everything in life, it has its ebbs and its flows. In the beginning, meditation is very much like, it's novelty. It's like a new toy. Like, oh, I meditate. You know, you tell your friends. You might post about it on social media. When you start doing meditation, it's like when you start doing anything else, especially if it's popular within the society, right? If it's within the ethos. Like, for instance... And this will come full circle later in the in the podcast, but you know everyone's talking about ketogenic diet or everyone's talking about being vegan. So when you jump on the train of being keto, you tell everybody. So it's very novelty and the the societal, the community of being of doing something that everyone else is doing kind of keeps you going for the first few days or a few weeks, depending on what you're doing, but then the novelty wears off. So with meditation, 
you go into it and you're like, oh, I'm meditating and I'm, you tell your friends and it's on social media and all these things. But for me, you get to that crossroads of, okay, like it's no longer this new toy. So am I going to stick in there and am I going to be committed and am I going to do the work to get the, the return? I'm fortunate because I kept in there. I stuck my head in there. So if anyone's new to meditation or maybe you listen to last week's episode and you're like, hey, I'm on day nine or day 10 of the Headspace app, stick with it. Even when the novelty wears off, stick with it. So this is kind of the ebb and flow of my journey of meditation. I started off, it was very novelty I did it, but I stuck through it. I kept on doing it. And I started to see the benefits really just gaining a better awareness of my thoughts and my feelings. I felt more calm. I wasn't zen-like by any chance. And I wasn't overtly changed overnight, but I could notice it and the people around me started to notice. So that's cool, right? And then when you do the Headspace app, it counts your days. So if you do multiple days in a row, you get an award or you get some sort of an acknowledgement like, hey, 10 days in a row, here's a badge. And 25 days in a row, here's a badge. And 50 days in a row. And if you haven't picked this up about me yet, I am I have a very strong willpower. And if I say I'm going to do something, I get hyper-focused on doing it. Like I get locked into doing it. So after the novelty wore off, I got up to like 20 days in a row, 30 days in a row, and then I would not do it a day. 20 days in a row, 30 days in a row, not doing any, you know, I wouldn't do it and I would I would skip a day. Then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this for fucking, I'm gonna do this for a year straight. I'm gonna meditate every single day for 365 days. It was a tall order, a big commitment, which even that thought process is very anti-meditating because meditating is all about living in the now. However, I wanted to get to the 365 goal. So I'm on the meditation. I got 30 days in a row. I got 50 days in a row. I got 100 days in a row. And at the, when you get to the 100, when I got to the 100 mark, I was like, okay, this is serious. Like, this is a long chunk of time to do any one thing every single day. Then I got to 150. And I was like, I would meditate at night if I missed the morning. Then I got to 200 days. I'm like, whoa, I am more than halfway there. Like, I'm going to get to 365 days. And then I'm going to be able to brag about it. I'm going to be able to tell everybody about it that I got to 365 days. So I'm at like a 200 days 250 days and I'm feeling good and I'm getting the meditation in. I get to 300 days and I could see the finish line. It's like, it's almost like I was, uh, you know, it's like running a mental marathon. I got to 320 days. I got to 345 days and I came home from traveling or I got to New York. I don't quite remember exactly the detail but I was traveling. I got home or I got to my hotel and I went to bed and I didn't meditate that day. 
I woke up and I realized that I had gotten to 345 days and I was just 20 measly days away from hitting 365. Like the ultimate badge of honor when it comes to like headspace or just meditating, right? Like I meditated every day for 365 days for a full year. I mean, gives you a lot of clout, you know? So I wake up and I realize I didn't do it and I have to start over. And in my mind, you know how in your mind you have like a movie projector where it shows you, you know, your memories or it shows you what you think your future is going to be and you could see these things playing out. So in my mind, I see two movie screens. And this is where the impact of meditation blew my mind. It, it, it blew my mind in so many ways. On one screen, I saw younger Kellen, furious, upset, disappointed, just angry, like just, you know, really bothered. Like, how did I do it? You know, upset with myself. You know, you're going to have to start all over. You're never going to get the 365 days. Then I saw this other movie screen. And on that movie screen, it was no big deal. It didn't matter. Because the point was not to get to 365 days. The point was to meditate. And meditation is all about living in the now. So at that moment, I saw the power of meditation full on in my face because I know with 99% certainty a non-meditated Kellen Rowland, like however, whatever meditation has done to me and changed me and evolved me, I would have been pissed off and I wasn't upset. And the cool thing about it was it showed me the impact of meditation and the fact that I had this newfound relationship with my thoughts and my feelings, and I was fully in control. I was in control of my emotions. I was able to put what had happened into context, which was, it was a meaningless number. Yes, it was fun to keep track of, and I'm happy that I did the 345 days, but it was insignificant in my journey of wellness and building a stronger relationship with my thoughts and the people around me. It was powerful. Like, I mean, even thinking about it right now, like as I'm recording this, I just got goosebumps thinking back to that moment because it showed me the power of what meditation is all about. And from there, it gave me this new, really cool relationship with meditation because I was no longer focused on this arbitrary goal of consistent days in a row. And it was like, I almost equate it to when you get really, like when you get really comfortable in a relationship or you get really comfortable at work or comfortable in a fr with a friendship and, and things just seem to be at ease. You know, they just kind of slide into their rhythm. Things feel good. You know, it's almost like, have you ever been dancing? 
you're dancing right. Close your eyes, dance with me right now. You're hearing the beat, you're feeling it, and then the DJ just effortlessly just drops in the next song and the next song, and it's almost like the music and your body are synced. They're communicating, right? Like your body is moving with the beat, or maybe the beat is moving your body, but everything just flows. And that that moment when I stopped meditating at 345 days and I stopped my streak, that's when I got into the groove. And that's when I realized that I was going to meditate for the rest of my life. It was a really powerful moment. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting to, I'm happy that I got to share that. I, I've never told anybody that story. I've never, I just, I just never told anybody, but now I've told you. So I'm happy that you got to hear it. And then from there, you know, meditation to me, it just became a part of me. It was like an appendage. It wasn't something that I was like, I wasn't doing meditation. I'm not, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm doing meditation. It was like, I meditate. It's almost like the difference in, and this is like the little play and language that I like to mess around with, with my own head. I would like to do this in the future versus I'm going to do this in the future. I would like versus I'm going to. And it works the other way, which there's another little language trick that I learned from one of my, from my coach. Uh, I have an executive coach, a leadership coach. Thank you, coach. And he always tells me with the language to, to not say things like, I'm always bad at test taking. I'm horrible at exercise. Because when you say those things, you're, you're agreeing to it. You're basically telling yourself and the world around you that, in fact, you are bad at exercise and there really is no hope, so you never should exercise. Or you're really bad at eating healthy, so there is no hope, so don't eat healthy. The trick is change the verbiage to, up until now, I've been bad at test taking. But going forward... I'm going to do better. Up until now, it's been hard for me to work out consistently, but I'm going to make a change. You know, there's these little tweaks, right? Because in life, like we're on, we're on a journey, right? We're on a path. However, the path is long and the tweaks, I believe, work best when they're somewhat minor. They're, you're fine-tuning, right? You're, you're just changing the direction of the wheel just ever so slightly. Because if you, if you yank the wheel too hard, you might just go off the rails. So there's a lot of language tricks that I've learned that when I've applied them, it's evolved my thought process. And I've shared them with my friends, and frankly, it's a game-changer. So just to repeat it, instead of saying, I'm always bad at, or I've been bad at, or I'm not good at, say, up until now, subject, follow that with, I'm going to do better, or I'm going to make a change. So give yourself the mental space to evolve. Give yourself the opportunity to change. We always talk about this. You know what I'm going to say. You only have to be good today. You only have to be great today. 
If I stay on my routine today, then I did it. I cannot follow my wellness practice tomorrow, the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that today. It's impossible. I can't go to the gym next week right now. However, I can go to the gym today and then that's all I need to get done. And that really is the concept of updating how you look at the world and updating how I look at the world. And these are the things that are so important to me. I'm going to talk a lot about meditation on this podcast, but that's one of the things that I wanted to tell you the story of just you know, how I started to meditate, which we talked a lot about last time, and then really dive into, you know, how I learned that meditation was going to become this lifelong journey for me. And then I had a question, uh, you know, I've, I've been following this guy named Kevion on social media and we've met, I think a couple times in person, but have reconnected and, uh, we're going to hang out soon. And he's like a true inspiration He's doing, uh, he's been a life coach for many, many years. He has a podcast. He's doing a lot of great things. And, you know, I'm following what he's doing because I'm inspired by what he does. He's good at what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, he gave me a shout out last week. So that was really cool. So thank you. And if you're someone who found me from Kevion, well, Welcome to the Kellen Rowland Show, and I'm very appreciative that you've given me a little bit of your time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much. As I always say over and over again, I'm beyond grateful for the fact that you've chosen to give me some of your most valuable time. We don't know how much time we have on this earth, so it's the most valuable commodity we have. So thank you. And uh, But I was talking to Kevion over the week, and uh, he was asking you know, hey, like it would be cool to articulate some of the tips to get yourself back in the game when you're meditating and your mind wonders. If you listen to the last week's show, I talked a lot about how when you sit down and you meditate, all these thoughts start firing through your through your mind and it's like, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to go? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I should do this. I should do that. And it's very distracting. And listen to the last episode and I'll talk about how to contextualize those thoughts. But to answer, you know, the question was, how do you get back on track when you do have a lot of thoughts in your mind while you're meditating? So this is what I do. It all starts before I meditate. And where it starts is when I look at meditation and then I look at thoughts and I look at feelings, like if my if my leg itches or my arm itches or if I have all these thoughts going through my mind, I don't view them as a negative. So that's the first thing. If my mind is racing or my leg itches, I'm not looking at it as, oh my God, that's a negative, meaning that I'm not meditating well or I could be meditating better. So that's the context in which I interact with either the thought or the feeling. And when I notice the thought or the feeling, which is the goal of meditation for me, which is to gain awareness of my thoughts and my feelings, I acknowledge it. And from there, I remind myself, okay, you're meditating. Let's get back to meditation. And if I'm doing a guided meditation, I will sync back up with the guided meditation, 
following the breath count or the visualization. If I'm doing a TM meditation, then at that point I will acknowledge the thought, kind of let the thought dissipate. And as my mind calms down, I will then just get back into my mantra. So if you're early on in the meditating process and you're having thoughts run through your head, don't worry. It's completely normal. Absolutely 100% normal. Even meditators that have been meditating their whole life, you're still going to have thoughts run through your head. It's all about the relationship between the thoughts. So don't look at thoughts and feelings as negatives when you're meditating. When they happen, acknowledge them and then get back to your meditation. Always remember this. Don't give yourself a hard time. It's not a test. When you're meditating, it's not about, it's not the SATs. It's not a spelling bee. There's really no right or no wrong. It's all about repetition and consistency. If you meditate every day, you will get some positive benefits. That's it. Super simple. And I'm just going to say some positive benefits. To me, it changed my life. To you, it might reduce your road rage. For you, it might make you less irritable with someone that you might find annoying and you might feel like you don't have a lot of patience for them. You might gain a little patience. Or you could have an experience similar to mine, which is it changed my life forever. And it's the most important thing I do. So that's a little bit of kind of the continuation of, you know, meditation and everything and how it's so important to me. And again, go back and listen to episode 22. It was a, it was a lot to record it and it felt really good. So I'm happy to have it out. And I feel good about this. It's like, I want to keep the conversation going because meditation is a, it's a much deeper topic than a single subject of a podcast. It is a lifelong journey and we will talk about it frequently. Earlier in the show, I talked about something that was a little bit embarrassing to me. And here's the thing. I'm going to share this story and and something I'm dealing with personally because it all stems from this one idea. And the idea is how do I feel right now and is that normal? And I'm not talking mentally, I'm focusing more physically. Like, does your body feel normal right now? Or better, how your body feels right now, does that feel normal? Is that normal to you? After you eat, is that a normal feeling? See, this is a question that I had never really asked myself. Until recently. And the answer was, no, dude, it's not normal. I've lived a life where after I eat, whether I'm eating kale and fish or I'm eating burgers and a milkshake, I feel bloated and I have indigestion. And because of that, I have gas and I decided, you know what? I want to deal with this. I'm I'm over it. Like I'm done having gas. It's like, I'm too old for this. I'm 35 years old. I'm checking all of these other boxes. My brain is healthy. 
my body, like physically, I'm strong, I'm in shape. When I go to the doctor, my cholesterol and all the things they measure you on is uh, I'm healthy and I'm happy with work. My interpersonal relationships are great. I'm on great terms with my mom. I'm on the best terms I've ever been with my sister. I love you, Ronis. Um, it's just like I, things are working. So I figure, you know what, dude, you got to figure this shit out. All right. So what do I do about it? Right. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what's going on with this gas. Cause I'm eating so healthy. So first things first, I go to Irwan instead of going to my doctor, which I don't know why I do that. I think it's because in my mind, I want to be all like, Oh, I, you know, I'm all about herbs and natural Eastern medicine. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I go to Irwan and I really look at the people that work in like the health food section of Irwan. They have like a whole natural medicine section. They're like basically in my mind, they're like the village medicine man. I'm like, okay, you must know what's going on. You work at Irwan. In Irwan, if you've never been to an Irwan, there's like three or four in Southern California and LA. I'm telling you, it's like whole foods on steroids. Everything is healthy. Everyone that is there is good looking. I don't know when anybody works because every time I go there, no matter what time of the day, it's always packed with beautiful people. And sometimes I feel like I see the same people no matter what time of day it is. People just go there and hang out. It's a great place. If you go there, I would get the Green Goddess smoothie. And if you see a guy named George working there, he's the shit. Say what up to him. What up, George? Okay. So I'm at Irwan, I go there and I'm like, tell the girl or the guy that I'm talking to, I'm like, yo, I kind of have this issue with my stomach. Can you prescribe something? Like what's the, what's the, what does the medicine woman have to say about this topic? Boom. Just starts laying in like, you need probiotics, you need enzymes, you need activated charcoal. I'm like, okay, well, cool. I'll take all of it. I'm like the perfect target for that. She could have said to buy 30 things and I would have been like, Okay, cool. I'll get him. So 130 bucks later, boom, I go buy it. I go home. I take it for a couple days as prescribed from not my doctor. And there's really no benefit of it, right? Like I don't really see a change. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to my regular doctor. So I walk into my regular doctor and I'm like, I'm locked and loaded right now. Like I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm like, you need to refer me to like a GI doctor. I got to get all these tests. There's got to be something wrong with me. Like I must have something wrong with my gut. You know, like let's figure this out. He's like, cool. Awesome. We will figure it out. But before we go and kind of send you to 10 other doctors and do that, I got a couple questions that I need to ask you. I'm like, okay, cool. So I didn't get a chance to self-diagnose myself, which is a good thing. That's why you go to the doctor. My doctor has great bedside manner. Thank you, doctor. So he asked me, hey, do you eat really fast? And I'm like, no, I don't eat fast at all. I mean, sometimes I'm in a rush, but traditionally I'm not scarfing my food down. So he's like, okay, well, the reason I ask is that a lot of people, when they eat quickly, they swallow air. And when you swallow air, that's actually one of the primary causes of flatulence, of gas. So look, you might've learned something about this uh, very sensitive topic so a lot of people get gas from swallowing air. I didn't really know that. And so he's like, well, and he's sitting there and he's kind of moving on to his next topic. And then boom, all I can see in my mind 
is 10-year-old Kellen. And what does 10-year-old Kellen have to do with this story? I'll tell you. So when I was a young man, a boy, me and my friends were rambunctious, right? Like we loved to ride bikes all day. We liked to skateboard. All we did was eat McDonald's. And we like to fight, like we just fight and beat each other up all day. And then we'd like write graffiti in, in our peace books. And, uh, some of us went off on to be great artists. Uh, I did not, at least not in the typical sense. So, and I'm thinking back to 10 year old Kellen again, why is 10 year old Kellen involved in this story about modern day 35 year old Kellen? What's the connection? Okay. So when you are a kid, you can get an incredible reaction from doing a couple things. And I really like to be the center of attention. If you haven't figured that out, I really like to be the center of attention. I'm working on it actively to learn how to not be the center of attention and to share the spotlight and to give other people space to be an insomni- uh, an ensemble instead of a one-star show. Sounds ironic because I have a one-person podcast. Okay. So I was listening to Jerry Seinfeld the other day and he was talking about how much energy he puts into crafting a joke. He writes out every single word, like the nuance of it, like everything, and he delivers it and boom, it gets a a roar of laughter, right? It's like, ah, and comedians, like they go out every night. Like when you listen to a comedian talk about their life, it's insane. They're working on material every night, every night, just to get a laugh, right? Every night to get a laugh. Think about how much energy goes into getting a laugh as a comedian. You know, you have Dave Chappelle, he's waxing poetic on stage for 10 minutes and then delivers the punchline and then Boom, the whole place just explodes with laughter. Well, when you're 10 years old, you can get the same amount of laughter from farting or burping. Yes, remember back to when you were a kid. There is nothing funnier than a fart or a burp. These are just stock standard jokes. It's like a joke that you know always works. I wanted to be the center of attention, so I learned how to swallow my breath and make myself burp. So what does that have to do with today? For I don't know why, and I really don't care because it's not the point, but I developed a habit of swallowing air. Pretty much involuntary, just kind of like all the time I just swallow air and I never thought anything about it. And up until meeting with my doctor last week, I was swallowing air all the time. I just didn't think about it or rather I never made the connection that could have another effect on my life. So as he's asking me about if I eat quickly all of this information is connecting in my mind. Like if this was a movie, it would have been like, all these flashback scenes of like me fighting with my friends and then like being gross and raunchy and just like a little, you know, brat. And it all comes together now. But one of the reasons that I'm suffering from this unsavory, you know, thing in my life is me. What the fuck, Kellen? 
It's not the fucking beans. It's not the kale. I mean, maybe a little bit, but dude, you're sitting there swallowing fucking air all the time. So in the spirit of having this like crazy will to just stop, I've identified the problem and I just stop. I make the decision right there that like, I am not going to continue this habit and that's it. So that was last week. I just stopped doing it. I don't, I just broken the nervous tick like without even, I didn't, I decided I haven't done it. And you know, the results are, I feel a lot better and I feel more normal and I feel like my digestion and everything else going on in my body, I feel healthier. The reason I'm telling you this story is because I spent so much of my life thinking that feeling bloated or uncomfortable was normal. And I want to share that with the audience. I want to share that with you. What else is happening in your life that you think is normal that's actually not? And I want to say it one more time. What else is happening in your life that you feel is normal because it's been happening so long, but in fact, it's not normal. When you can identify what that is, there could be significant change for you. It could be physical, it could be mental, it could be negative self-talk, it could be feeling bloated, it could be binge eating, it could be a number of things. And I wanna share What is somewhat embarrassing to me? I mean, I feel very vulnerable right now. I know there's, there, I don't know, but I, I anticipate some of my closer friends might hit me up and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like you have a podcast talking about how you have gas, like you're nuts. And maybe I am nuts. Maybe this is going to turn you off from the show or maybe you already turned it off. But I feel like, you know, I'm not an expert in any one thing. Like, I'm not trying to tell you that I'm a health expert. I'm not a meditation expert. I'm not a wellness expert. I do want to be a coach and I I, I want to start that. And I've, I've started that journey, but I'm not an expert. But what I can tell you is that within life and every day and, and slowly picking off these, slowly picking off these life habits that happen or, you know, every day slowly just identifying areas where I can improve and where I could tweak. That is what I believe I'm an expert at because I'm an expert in self-awareness, even to a fault. Like I'm so aware of everything I'm doing generally, it's given me insecurities and the awareness and the insecurities that come of it are the catalyst to want to be better and to be changed and to change. And that's really it. You know, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. I think everyone at the end of the day deals with this type of stuff, but, uh, I never knew that what I thought was essentially like a parlor trick, you know, making myself burp at 10 years old would have such lasting effects on my life and, uh, end up in a podcast on, uh, on the World Wide web, you know, I never knew that would happen, but hey, you know, odder things have happened. 
odder things have had happened. So yeah, that's the story. And, uh, you know, Hey, it's all about eating healthy for me. And that's what I'm working on. And this is one little tweak that's going to help me a lot, but I will say I, I got a lot of confidence back when I figured this out, which meant that it was actually making me really self-conscious and insecure in certain areas of my life that I wasn't aware of. And I'm really thankful that I was able to regain that confidence. I'm really happy about it. Yeah. So that's a very, very personal story. This show is getting personal, but that's what I'm doing it for. So to wrap up the show, this is where I'm going to rip on some coffee and tell you about my new look, which is a mustache inspired by Burt Reynolds. If you're on my social media, you've already seen it. I think it looks cool. I'm going to grow it out, see what's popping. I think mustaches are dope, but in this modern day, it's just not an accessory that people are really feeling. But hey, you know, it might come back around. Earlier, I told you how important Steve Jobs is to this episode and how important he was to the first episode. And I owe you an answer on that. I got to pay that off, right? Real artist ship. Real artist ship. What that means is you can have the best song, the best painting, the best podcast, the best idea. But if you don't tell anybody or you don't show anybody, or you don't share it, or you don't release it to the world, it ain't shit. It means nothing. It means nothing until you put it out there. And if you let perfect be the pursuit, and you let perfection be the enemy of good or great, then you don't ship it. And when I read that from Steve Jobs, and I really, it just it attached itself to me and it gave me this burning fire to be consistent and follow up and continue to put out content. And after last week's episode, it was so emotional for me and it was such an important topic. I was, I needed some extra fuel to get this episode out because admittedly I thought, man, this episode's not going to be as good Last episode was my best episode. It's my number one episode and more people have listened to it than any other episode in just one week. How am I going to follow that up? And I just realized, dude, that just quote, like I just saw him in my mind in this real artist ship and I'm like, you know what? I'm a real artist. And because of that, I ship. And because of that, that's how you got episode 23 of the Kellen Rowland Show. And thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited that you were able to join this journey because though last week was so important and so emotional, this was the most difficult one to get out. And now that it's coming to a close, it feels fucking great. Thank you. I love this. All the feedback, everything that we're doing, it's fucking incredible. It is absolutely incredible 
thank you. Two more quick ones before we get off this show, though. Slate Coffee again for the W. I know I talked about it last week, but oh my God, their coffee is just so on point right now. And I love the fact that this is episode 23, which is LeBron's number, who is a Laker. I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. I'm diehard. Go Lakers. We're just about a month away from the season starting. I can't wait. Let's go, Lakers. LeBron and the rest of the squad is going to bring us back to our rightful place in the playoffs and then soon a championship. So 23, LeBron. 23, Jordan. That's the number of this episode. And then next next week is my guy, my boy, Kobe Bean Bryant. The G of all Gs, the OG. Talk about a guy reinventing himself. Filmmaker, illustrator, content maker, podcast. This guy just incredible inspiration to all of us. Thank you so much for tuning in. The show is on Apple Podcasts. If you can rate, review, share, help me get it out there. Give me feedback. But ultimately, this conversation between you and I, I cherish it. I love it. I'm grateful for it. Feeling like we're making some progress here. I look forward to continuing this with you. We will talk soon. I'll be back next week. I'm Kellen. This is the Kellen Rowland Show, and we'll end it with Steve Jobs. Real artist ship. Thank you.